Welcome back, everybody. It is Keith over there on the other side of my uh, on the other side of his desk. We're recording this from his uh, his parapet uh, here in Hill Country. Um, say hi, Keith. Hey guys, good and, to be back. And Robert, uh, and we are going to start a new series. Uh, we just finished up uh, a series of on the on the three tenses of salvation. And this time we're going to get into now what it's what it means to be and what the results of being in the present tense. So we are going to talk about being sanctified, mm -hmm. right? Um, so we are, you know, and what the results of that will be. Uh, but mostly it's really about what it means to to travel that earthly journey that we're all on, whether we knew it or not, right? So hopefully after you've watched our previous episodes, and if you haven't, uh, just a reminder that we are doing these things sequentially. There will become a time here where we're not going through sort of a sequential process and that we're going to talk about just various things and, and topics. Uh, but this is absolutely sequential. If you haven't watched the series of videos on uh, or podcasts on the three tenses of sal of salvation. Um, you really should before you watch uh, this series on um, on the becoming uh, or, or gaining our access or our inheritance into the kingdom. So, with having said that, uh, Keith, uh, you know, um, give us a, a, a quick thirty second, which never ends up being thirty seconds, but let's try it. It won't be. That gets a stage for maybe if somebody has taken a, a three-week break between the last series and this and uh, to get catch up where we're at and then we'll move forward. Well, it won't be 30 seconds because I'm going to make a shout out to my brother Robert because it's his birthday today. 57 years old, young. <laughs> and uh, I wish it was been a good friend, but, but he's here on his birthday wanting to... Uh, do our vidcast which uh means a lot so um one of the things that he had mentioned is we're on this um race to the kingdom and the track that leads us from out of the garden to all the way back to the garden and we are racing in christ right now and how we define that race is what we are um sharing with you uh one of the big topics today is a topic that is near and dear to my heart because as a coach i love to motivate i love to motivate athletes i love to motivate them to give their best and and to keep their eyes where they need to be so that they can be motivated to give their best so that's what we're doing today we're going to a a very important watering hole or fueling station if you will, that really tells us the motivations for running a faithful race. And we're calling it the key to living the kingdom life. Yeah, we don't, I don't know that we have a actually a well station on our map for this. And we may decide to add one. We may decide to call this a canteen. I've added one, but I haven't given it to Robert. <laughs> so, you know, there's, you guys will you realize at some point here that, you know, as much as, uh, as much as we, we we know what we're doing, there is also uh, we're also learning and discovering as we go uh, how to do this podcast vidcast thing and stuff. So um, if that isn't already really apparent, then uh, you probably <laughs> haven't been watching really close. <laughs> mm -hmm. We hope you've stuck. Well, obviously, if you're watching now, you've stuck with us, and we really do appreciate it. And uh, you know, we hope you've written in to us uh, and asked us questions and things because. Um, a lot of what Keith is talking about, a lot of, uh, of what the places that we're going are not only new, we're not, not only new to me, but I, I'm, I'm positive are going to be new to many of the folks watching us uh, and experiencing this. So, all right, so we're going to dive right in. Uh, guys, this will be a multi-part episode uh, or, or series. This is going to be, we don't know. 
I, I've, I've stopped calling what episode we're in because I have, frankly have not edited everything and you know we should be 10 or 12 episodes in by now um, so just the fact that you you don't know because I haven't said it what episode we're on is because I don't know either um, so but uh, you've obviously stuck with us through through quite a bit and we're happy that you did so all right so um, Keith has created a, a, a wonderful outline that we will have on on the website and linked through the uh, through the portals and stuff for uh, this document so you guys will be able to download and, and look at this exact document and save it and use it for your own uh, study um, just by going to the website and so we're going to use that um, all of you have seen at this point now me navigate back and forth between Bible Hub uh, and their concordance and uh, Bible.com for the, the verses um, so we've screen captured so you don't have to watch me jumping back and forth and stuff we screen captured these all into this outline and uh, again you have full access to it so uh, please download it keep it use it uh, write on it do anything that you want to um, and we hope it's a, a benefit for you so alright so Keith are we jumping straight into the parables or we were going somewhere else first right yeah let's Let's outline this a little bit. So in um, in Matthew chapter 24, we've talked about this in, in our early podcasts uh, when we were laying out the dispensations. And so Jesus comes and he is sitting down with his disciples on the Mount of Olives. And the Mount of Olives, if any of y'all uh, don't know this, it's on the east side of Old Jerusalem. It's actually looking up at the hill of where Jerusalem is known to be and where the city of David is. And so you, they're looking at the place where Jesus just left and was saying that all of that was going to be destroyed. Mm. So where the temple was going to be destroyed, where Jerusalem was going to be destroyed, and the disciples are looking at Jerusalem while he's speaking about it and he's actually telling them hey guys listen um, I'm gonna explain things to you you're asking me some questions and rightly so when will these things happen and when will be the sign of your coming what will be the end of the age and Jesus starts to answer these things I think it's really important to make the parallel that they were at the end of that particular age. It actually came to a close at 70 AD when this prophecy was fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And then the age of the church started. So Pentecost got kicked off with the age of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus's personal time on earth was fulfilled. And he went up to be with his father. And, and when he was teaching this, of course, he was telling them all the birth pains that were going to be happening and leading up to this event same today so we're at the end of our dispensation we're seeing a ton of birth pains all across the world all across the earth it is at an all-time high in history we've never seen this before we've never seen so many birth pains of our earth mother earth has extreme birth pains as all creation is moaning and groaning and crying out for the revealing of the sons of God. That's Romans chapter 8. So we are in this time frame where we are looking at Jesus's words to be faithful on how to be ready, prepared, alert, and, and run this race faithfully because at the end of all of this, there's going to be a reckoning. There's going to be a, a recompense. There's going to be a judgment of uh, giving people what they deserve because of the life they lived. Yeah, when you say deserved, it's, it's reap what you sow, right? This yeah. is not, you know, because we, we have a tendency in today's society to say, well, you deserve that, mm -hmm. right? And sort of just, you know, as a, almost as a vengeance 
sort of a way to say, you know, you deserve something, right? It's like vengeance. Or you but, deserve a reward. Or you deserve a prize. Yeah, we do that this, too. Right? Yeah. 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 So, you know, we're we're generally less willing to use the word deserve mm -hmm. in a positive sense. Right? And that's just I I don't know. Maybe it's just the way I perceive people, I guess, but but I don't hear well, Keith really deserved that. He really worked hard for that, yeah. right? I hear more, the, instead of the word deserve, I usually associate deserve with a penalty, mm -hmm. and I hear earned mm -hmm. as a reward. Mm -hmm. My wife was just granted a new position that she gets to work from home five days a week. She's put in a lot of time and effort into the last five years working for this company. She earned, by doing a good job, the right to have now five days a week working from home instead of just three, mm. right? Yeah, um, yeah I think I technically deserved it, yeah. right? But yeah. there's a, there's a just, a, it just- It's probably it's, more of a semantics thing. Yeah, I think probably, yeah. it just, it's probably, a, maybe it's a Robert perception. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, placing myself in everybody else's shoes, if I perceive it, maybe somebody else perceives it. And I just want to make sure we cover that, wow, I don't, deserve doesn't mean, <laughs> necessarily uh that it's a bad thing right there's good things at the end Absolutely. of this thing as well and, and i think we've gone over that too in some of uh the verses where you know the church is is encouraged to look at the day that is coming when jesus comes as judge and even of course the last uh passage in the book of revelation his recompense is with him that's that's the word for repayment so, and then the other verses we've mentioned on whether uh, your life was good or bad. So repayment means what you deserve, what you will, you will reap, what you sowed. God will not be mocked. That was in Galatians chapter 6. In this same vein of understanding, it's the same thing of... of uh, you know, the sense of a coach trying to inspire their athletes to give their best and to not quit, mm -hmm. to to strive for the prize, and and again, to, to encourage them not to fail, Cur to encourage them not to give up and not to reap the consequences of that, yeah. and also to look to the benefits of that. So this is what our job is as as kingdom coaches is to help you see what Jesus is trying to alert us to. Mm -hmm. And so he's trying to teach us to stay alert mm -hmm. and to be ready uh, for the judgment. And this is the theme of how he's trying to encourage us to receive at the end of that judgment, what would be the inheritance and the levels of inheritance or again the levels of loss mm -hmm. and so it's the same parallel and we want to make that connection with you guys when we're looking at matthew 25 which is really outlining the three parables the kingdom parables at the end of this olivet discourse that he is presenting and he's saying hey listen this really is the harvest at the end where my kingdom now is going to be meted out. It's going to be um, shown for what it is. And you guys, I'm gonna give you an understanding of this so you know what you're racing for. And this is the way we wanna present these three parables. Mm -hmm. And so the as we go back to the outline, we'll see that, um, okay. we'll see that for lack of vision, my people perish, is the first um, verse that we want to introduce, which is at the very top. Um, oh, yeah, right sorry, there. Proverbs 29, 18. Read that, Robert. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Happy is he. Yes, we don't normally look at it that way, but God does. And so the motivation is the vision. And that's what God is giving us here. He is, Lord Jesus is giving his disciples a vision. And he's been doing that 
as he's been discipling them the whole time. Mm -hmm. It's been giving them the reason to which they need to give up their lives. Okay, here's the reason you need to give up your life. Okay, because this is what this whole life is about. It's about the next life. And so this is our motivation, is to keep our eyes on the prize. And so we believe that these are in order for a reason. They're in order from the top down. Mm -hmm. We will explain uh, some of this as we go through the parables and we'll try to give you a good model of this in another document that we have that kind of breaks it down into columns and will show you that these three parables fit in these columns very nicely. Um, so yeah, kind of a, a, if you see a product comparison, Mm -hmm. yeah. these days right you know the, the so that guys that's linked on the in the show notes as well and up on the the website race to the kingdom.org just navigate over to the episodes and it'll be in the additional documents in the episodes so uh help yourself <laughs> to that and this outline will be in there as well so mm -hmm. we're you know we're not going to read all this we're kind of summarizing it but as robert scrolls down we're going to be able to read matthew 5 19 there Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So what we want to present is just the obvious. There is a difference in the kingdom. There is a difference in how God views his followers. And so there's going to be the least and there's going to be the greatest. And this is the whole motivation um, for us to endure and persevere and run a faithful race. So we're going to show you in the concordance what this word least translates into. And I like to go to the word studies there. Mm -hmm. Robert, if you want to read quickly all three of those. All three of them? Okay. The superlative EST from 338 micros small meaning the very least or smallest so it adds an est to it right the very least or smallest mm -hmm. he who is faithful in very little in a very little thing is faithful also in much and he who is unrighteous in very little in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much so a little a little faithlessness is also a lot of faithlessness, right? Mm -hmm. a, a little of unrighteousness is also a lot of unrighteousness is what it, it's what it's saying, right? And he said to him, "Well done, good slave, because you have been a you have been faithful in a very little thing. You are to be in authority over ten cities. So <laughs> yeah, so a little faithfulness is a lot." of faithfulness right in the kingdom in the kingdom and that's what we're trying to point out is that you know god is teaching us that what you receive in the kingdom can be either enhanced or taken away yeah and so this is part of the stories of the parables yeah and we're going to get into those stories right mm -hmm. we're going to kind of deep dive deep yeah. into each of those parables a little bit and talk about those right and, and really, at the first part of this, we want to just kind of whip this particular horse, this, this topic, and show you that it's a sound understanding. And so, as Robert scrolls down and we look at the next Matthew verse, we're going to read a couple more Matthew verses, maybe a few more, three more. Matthew 16, 24 through 27. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For who would ever save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory that of his Father, and then he will pay each person according to what he has done. All right, so we have another example in the Gospels of Jesus telling us that this is about our soul, 
And we've shown you in the three salvations that this particular leg of salvation is the sanctification of our soul. Mm -hmm. as our spirit has been justified by the work of Jesus Christ. And so he says that there is a repayment for each person and for what he has done. So this is our works, and it makes perfect sense to the rest of the scriptures and to his evaluation in Revelation 2 and 3, which we'll also do a study on Revelation 2 and 3 as well. But this is cohesive. It, it is, um, it's definitely part of the whole message of the New Testament. And it's to the church, it's to God's people. And uh, again, we, we always like the backdrop of what Paul uses in the race, the Israelites coming out of Egypt, being sanctified in the wilderness, trying to make it to the promised land. Always keep that in the back of your mind. That's our motivation. That's, that's the huge um, carrot at the end that we're, we are hoping to achieve. And trust me, it's a lot more precious than a carrot. So so uh, maybe not to a horse, but, yeah, but to us, it is. Yeah. So, and then we have Matthew 18. Yeah, 18, 3 and 4. Uh, and I said, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, and then we have this beautiful likeness to becoming like a child, and that's like a child in faith. And so that faithfulness is the ability to easily trust and follow your parental role model. And, of course, that's the key with God. And Yeah, that's the, that's the open book that needs to be written in, right? That we... As children as you know I don't remember it so much other than looking up to you know things but but as a parent it's the you know sometimes it's the I have fun with them and tell them that something is you know elf on a shelf or mm -hmm. you know Santa Claus you know they believe you and they believe you and they believe you right but the rest of it is the open book of you know I want to teach you all the things I taught my dad I want to teach you all the things that I've learned all the great mm -hmm food I've ever eaten and all the great places I've ever been and all the great experiences and how to work with wood or how to work with metal or how to work with computers or whatever it is, right? It's that open book idea that God wants to do the same thing with us, right? Mm. Uh, I want to teach you what it's like to be a, a son of my father, right? And your son is Kyle and he's an apprentice Right, mm -hmm. learning yep. his trade mm -hmm. and trying to become a master. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing here that we as children are told to mature, mm -hmm. to grow in the knowledge of God, so that we will be prepared and we can be the greatest in the kingdom. And so it's again, you know, even in First Corinthians chapter thirteen, there's a there's a uh, a teaching about how not to be like a child. Mm -hmm. Right. So so you have the idea that a child is silly and rebellious mm -hmm. and careless. And and so there's that application, right. this application, very much like, you know, be wise as a serpent, but innocent as a dove. Mm -hmm. Well, children have a have a very innocence to them. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're using it. I believe that's the way Jesus was using it here. Yeah, I think that makes sense. It's the it's the younger child. It's the toddler, the mm -hmm. five, the six, eight year old, right? And when we get to First Corinthians, it's probably the teenage yeah. child, the rebellious one, the one that doesn't want to listen to you, the yeah, exactly, the one that we all dread when when we're parents. <laughs> all right, uh, Matthew nineteen twenty eight through thirty. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you will have followed me, you who have followed me will sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who, left, who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Yeah, so same teaching, same understanding, definitely 
is equating to inheriting and eternal life is what we've already explained to you as being age-long life mm -hmm. this millennial um, reign with Jesus Christ and uh, these are what these parables are all about kingdom parables so um, we will we will share with you that the list of these parables are listed here from the top door down I've mentioned that before um, in this model um, we have equated them to the inheritance written in Romans chapter 9 and these were being grafted into the olive tree which was the inheritance that you're able to get out of Israel's promises that were given to them their privileges their covenants their worship their adoption everything that they had been given by God throughout the Old Testament as his chosen people as his special people that represented him on the earth this is what's at stake in the inheritance okay we are called to be his special called out people and in all of these ways and so we've kind of presented those in um, in the olive tree uh, format and you can look that up in Romans 9 4 if you'd like and then we have a small note on the temple structure the way that the temple is outlined in the Old Testament and the privileges that were given to serve the temple very very um, important understanding to the inheritance that will be given to um, us as faithful servants mm -hmm. so as we get into the first um, parable though about the wise virgins we want to really state that um, this is the coupe de gras this is the expression of what it really means between being wise and foolish and being prepared for your bridegroom to return this is what we will see as we look at all three of them as the most privileged understanding of the kingdom it is those who are really truly willing to press in and to get that extra olive oil that that relationship with christ that really gives up everything to make him the epicenter of our lives um, we're going to show you that it's a sacrifice it's a sacrifice of time and time our most limited commodity mm -hmm. on the earth yeah and it it's really comes into play here uh, very much what I like to present it as a um, a Mary uh, that came and sat at Jesus's feet to listen to his words and to take the time to devote to him first priority and then Martha is in the background right and she's busy she's she's our Western world she's the one right. even in the church working you know doing a lot of good deeds yeah we got to feed all these people we right. gotta, I, you know, who's gonna yeah if we yeah. don't do this who's going to if I don't do this who's going to you know and then looking over there and Mary's down there and she's just like you gonna help me right 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 and and, and Jesus tells her that she this is actually a very important uh, scripture I don't have it on here but mm -hmm. but it's worth looking up she has chosen the best portion that word is always in, equated with inheritance you will be given the best portion and so this actually um, segues very nicely into why Jesus is telling this particular parable and so as we scroll up here the extra oil you know tells you what the cost is of pressing in and um, you know it's it's really a, a a non-glorious position Robert it's you don't get glory for your private life with Jesus no it's, yeah it's, yeah it's that you know when you say time right you go well I don't have time to do these things right well you know you've got time to 
scroll news feeds or TikTok on mm-hmm. your phone. You've got time to, you know, we, you know, we used to have magazines in the toilet. Uh, we used to have, now we have phones in the toilet. Mm-hmm. And how many people have a Bible in the toilet, right? I mean, there's time there. There's it's time. almost blasphemous. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's it's and, and but I feel know, guilty reading the Bible when I'm when I'm on the toilet. Right? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't feel guilty reading, uh, watching TikTok yeah. or reading a magazine, right? When we're there, though. But you right. know, I mean, but you know, you but there's right. We have these we have these allocations of time, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, Very I love Yellowstone, right? Not me, but that's my all my friends love Yellowstone. Right, it's hours of time committed to Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Well, right? my mentor um, used to always tell us um, as I was growing up in Bible study and small group, which is really the church design, and we, we would we would talk about implications to life and the scriptures and applying them. And our elder um, would always say, "How do you spell love, guys?" And then it's T-I-M-E. Mm-hmm. How much time are you willing to spend? I mean, right. you can you can make all kinds of money mm-hmm. and neglect your wife at home. Okay. And that's not love. Right. So again, how do you spell love? T-I-M-E. Let's go back. Let's make time for the relationships that really matter. Let's yep. take time for God. Let's take time for your wife. Let's take time for your kids. God will bless a balanced life in the way he designed it. And so seek his kingdom first. Mm -hmm. And all those other things that you strive after, that you think are, you know, the meaning to life and you're going to miss out on all those things. No, he says, I'll take care of those. So again, this is really important when it comes mm-hmm. to being a virgin. We'll see that in um, Matthew thirteen thirty three, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a woman who hid three measures of flour until it was all leaven. So notice the intimacy there with leaven that works into a batch. I own a restaurant and I have it's an Italian restaurant and I love pizza. And I have worked with pizza for years now and being able to see the leaven, the yeast that is cultivated into a batch of dough where the dough goes from being flat to being very airy and light and flavorful is a a huge understanding of this. So the woman definitely cultivates the relationship and and it's a hidden relationship and so the next one in matthew 13 4 same thing with the treasure hidden in a field with matthew 13 45 it's a finding a pearl of great value and sold everything because you know the value of it and then in psalm 51 6 robert if you'll read that one to us 51 6 behold you delight in the truth in the inward being and you teach me wisdom in a sacred heart secret heart secret i'm sorry secret heart create in me a clean heart O god and renew a spirit within me the sacrifices of god are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart Oh God, you will not despise. Yeah, so this is the inward being. Mm. This is your relationship uh, with God from the inward heart. I didn't read down. I, I was reading that. When I was stumbling on it because I, I thought we were still in Matthews and it wasn't making sense to me as I was reading oh, it. Right? The Psalms. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't drop down first to see there was a psalm. <laughs> Which so, happens to be a psalm of David, uh, the man yeah. after God's own heart. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. And yeah. it's... You know, it's funny, I, I, uh, and I hope you're listening to this, uh, my friend, uh, who I'm about to speak with about. Um, I've got this friend uh, that I see occasionally who is striving hard. He wants to be, you know, a child of God. He, you know, I can see it in his, in it, in his, his heart is in the right place. His life is really, though, about, I wish I could do that, mm-hmm. right? And... You know, there was a day in my life, and it wasn't like 
you know, you hear these other people who go, you know, I was at the absolute bottom. I was broken. I was defeated. I was dead broke. I was a alcoholic. I was, I was the most defeated man I have, I've ever been in my life. And that's when I found God. And it was true of me as well, right? I wasn't, I've never been an alcoholic. I've never been on drugs. I've really pretty much spent my whole life financially sound. Um, but internally for me, there was a spot where I was a broken horse, right? I was, I can't fight to find what I'm trying to find any longer um, the way that I'm trying to find it. Um, and that was the broken spirit in me. And I really took it and said to somebody at one point, I am that, I am that wild stallion that broke it, that has become the timid, broken horse, right? Well, think about the um, Sermon on the Mount and the very first, again, the very first um, thing Jesus said. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, right. for theirs is the kingdom yeah. of heaven. Right. So again, we have a promise to the right. poor in spirit. But until, you're, until, you're, until you become that poor in spirit, right? There's a spot where you have to give up, right? You have to give up ego, mm -hmm. possessions. It's not that you have to go give away all your possessions. I don't think anywhere that really says that. It, unless it, Jesus unless is talking to the rich man's idol, right? which is what he challenged him right. to give up his idol. Right, and that was his yeah. idol, right? So it is, it's context. And for me, it was my idol, my was my self my ability to always be right to always mm. be the guy that somebody could depend on to always be the and there was an ego involved in that right and and when i was finally willing to to give that up uh, and not be self-sufficient right mm, uh, something yeah. with the firstborn maybe of you know i'm the one responsible for this person i'm the one responsible for that person i'm the one came a point in my life where like you know i'm responsible i'm the most responsible person that i know and i took great pride in that where you know i i can't carry all of those burdens anymore i don't want to carry all those burdens for everybody else anymore because hmm. um, yeah. i can't carry it for myself anymore right yeah. And that was a spot where I became yeah. a broken spirit, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we all need to get there. And I would say on your on your note, Robert, we need to get there daily. So it's yeah. the picking up our cross daily right. and denying ourselves. Yeah, there's a great yeah. quote uh, I saw somewhere, and I wish I could attribute the, the source, but it was, it was um, God finds a way every day to ask you the question, uh, do you trust me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and if you don't feel like you've answered the question today, do you trust me? You're not looking for where that you're not looking for the question, right? Mm -hmm. There's a, every day there's a question, uh, you know, a different way that God asks you, do you trust me? Um, so, and that's that broken spirit of every, you know, and I think, you know, mentally you, you say, well, you know, just, I'm supposed to be ruined. In some way, we are, right? I mean, in some, you know, in in some very real way, until we give up ourselves to Him, we can't become truly His disciple. You know, we've talked about the, you know, the, the disciple is a somebody sitting at the foot of a teacher, mimicking everything that that teacher does, right? right? And that's where the that's where the child comes in that we just talked about a minute ago, right? Your son laughs the way you laugh. He, he walks the way you walk. He, if you're using a drill, he wants to use a drill. We all buy him plastic, you know, plastic tools or, mm. or plastic or paintbrushes. Cause if you're, you know, whatever it is that you do, you've bought your son or, or daughter, uh, a version a plastic version of that. So they can <laughs> do it with you. Right. Yeah. Cause that's who they want to become. They are at that stage of their life. They're your disciple. But then we all grow up to be who we th who we think we are. We we find ourselves 
And we become that, in at least in, in the discipleship world, we become that rebellious teenager. I know how to do it better than you do. Well, you, you say we become who we think we are. And that, and that is exactly what the whole point of sanctification is. It's yeah. renewing your mind. Be transformed through the renewing of your mind. We'll see in a minute a verse that takes us into the word transformation. And it's actually the Greek word metamorpho. And that is where we get the word metamorphosis. And this is the goal of this road that we're on in salvation. And it's sanctification salvation. It's becoming just like a caterpillar becomes, hopefully, a butterfly at the end. And it's not that stage of the metamorphosis is not cut short or it's Mm -hmm. not you know not finished and so this is where we get the encouragement and the yeah. warnings both in scripture yeah it's the it's really i guess i just realized it's, it's really the, the the story of the prodigal son right goes out loses everything but is still welcome home welcome back you're i want you back with right? repentance with and repentance, that and that is right? the key sorry, yeah we'll yeah. show you that that yep. really is the key in every aspect of our life as well but we have some more verses as, yep. as Robert scrolls down. And this one now takes on the understanding of, of really wisdom. So the wise virgin is pitted against the foolish. And the wise virgin had the extra oil. Mm-hmm. The wise virgin was prepared because she sacrificed the time that was needed to press in and get that extra oil. And we always use the word press in because it's a... It's a word correlation to an olive. In order to extract the oil, you have to press it, mm-hmm. okay? And, and that is a process. And this is the process that even here as we look at wisdom, we're, we're constantly told to gain wisdom, especially in the book of Proverbs. And we'll go to just look at Proverbs 8, and we say, you know, does not wisdom call, does not... Uh, understand, raise her voice, understanding, raise her voice. Oh, simple ones, learn prudence. Oh, fools, learn sense. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is abomination to my lips. Take my instruction instead of what? Silver, Silver. instead of gold. For wisdom is better than jewels. And so we see with separation between the things that we usually go after Mm -hmm. with all of our might. We usually go after these things with all of our might and energy and, and intelligence. But we're actually told not to go after those things, but to gain wisdom instead. And so this is what a virgin does who presses in. Mm-hmm. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is a hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance which is what we were just talking about, Mm -hmm. and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign. Isn't that what we're talking about? Reigning with Christ? And rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and nobles all who govern justly. I love those who love me. There's a great understanding. I'm just going to stop there for a minute because if you look at that verse and you say, those who seek me diligently find mm-hmm. me, you granting an inheritance to those who love me. See, same theme. We can see it back in the Old Testament, brought back into the New Covenant. This is our motivation. And all those who love me, the virgins were differentiated at the end of that parable by either an open door or by a closed door and this is the reward of diligently pressing into Jesus and making him your life is that he supplies you an open door and I'll give you a really fascinating Greek understanding of this he told the ones that weren't prepared, I do not 
know you. It is the word, Greek word, I do. Now let that sink in a minute. What do we normally say at the altar in a wedding ceremony? Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, I don't. Okay. So to these virgins, he said, I don't. And to the virgins who were wise, he we'll said, I do. Yeah. And he allowed them to come into that opportunity for the marriage. And this becomes the highest prize. Mm -hmm. This is what we need to understand as the elite inheritance. And that's what we all want to be striving for. And we're going to notice that Paul, in a minute, he gives a very healthy concern for the church. Mm -hmm. That yeah, they the, wouldn't be this virgin. Yeah, one of the things I wanted to, we're going to talk about this in a later episode, but I want to invite people to do now is to go out and and study, uh, look up and study the Greek, or I mean the, the Hebrew Jewish marriage traditions and what it meant and the process of being committed, the process that it took to up leading up to the wedding. We're going to get to it in a future episode, but it really has some really amazing bearings on this idea of I do, you know, are you prepared? Are you prepared to be my wife? And what what the Jewish preparation was to become a wife for both the husband, but really for the wife, right? Both, yeah, yeah. you're right. And so anyway, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't want to sidetrack into that, but, but yeah. for now, until we get to that episode, there's some great insight into what it's a great it really future episodes. means. Yeah, yep. yeah. So um, anyway, back to this. So the 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 idea that we are we have to store up oil, we have to store up wisdom, we have to, you know, the 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 ones that didn't have enough had to go back to town and buy some, right? And when they came back, I mean, they it wasn't their oil. See, right? oil is see, oil is God's love language. Mm -hmm. It anoints his words, his mouth. So when Mary was at the feet of Jesus, her his words were anointing the top of her head. This is what it means to actually be royalty. You're anointed with oil. That's mm -hmm. That was a kingly thing back in that. It was a queenly thing. We're going to actually see this a little bit later on about a virgin becoming a wife, becoming a queen. It is in the process, in that order of opportunity. And so even this Song of Solomon, so we have, we have a very mysterious, hidden, hidden, if you will, again, very mysterious relationship that is the Song of Solomon. That whole book, everybody's been trying to figure out. And yeah, um, I was going to say, I, I had not pre-read into, into the outline this far, and I did not expect to see a verse from Song of Solomon. <laughs> and, and we have the Shulamite woman. She's a mysterious woman who has an open door, by the way, that Solomon, the king, allows her to be caught up through, caught up into his chamber. And so read that, Robert. Sure. Let him kiss me with kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils are fragrant. Your name is oil poured out. Therefore, virgins love you. Draw me after you. Let us run. The king has brought me into his chambers. He, We will exult and rejoice in you. We will extol your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. So we actually have a, a neat little segue with our race to the kingdom. Notice that, that verse, draw me after you, let us run. Mm -hmm. That's our whole teaching here is to run after Jesus, run mm -hmm. after intimacy with him so that you can receive that intimate that intimate reward at the end when he sets up his kingdom because it really is an intimate position that we're racing for it's an intimacy with god it's not just it's not just a position of nobility it's not it's, just a land 
it is absolutely in his presence yeah i think i think that that my sort of uninitiated version of what that relationship with god is is almost like slavery right we are to obey god right we are to obey his commandments and by doing so that is what i've always thought was what created that relationship with god i obeyed everything and right and, and truthfully that is the definition of agape love agape love is a sacrificial love to obey and if you love me you will obey my commandments jesus taught this over and over again it's stated yeah. even in the new testament if you want to know what it means to receive that oil you're number one being obedient to come to jesus and remain intimate with him and i will tell you it's the only way in my life that i have been then mindful of obeying him when it's tough when yeah. it's difficult when it's out there in the world when you you if i don't get that intimate time with him and i'm not reminded of who i'm doing this for okay then i will lose my motivation i will lose my strength and my power to live for him what i had in my head as i started to say these things was it was the it was the obeying of it felt like the obeying of a teenager was doing it right go clean your room right mm, yeah because not the obeying of the what well, we're about to little, get into right, life the, the little boy yeah. with the you do it this way right my hands yeah. are around him and you know here's here's how you hammer a nail right, right. um not that version of obey right mm -hmm. so when i see that that imagery that comes to mind the imagery is different for me and that's why i'm bringing it up before mm -hmm. i understood where we were going and what this true relationship with with god is about right. than it is now right and yeah. and yeah well i'd say that that too wouldn't you robert if if um if you're looking at teenagers and I, I had some incredible um, children um, that we were raising, which, uh, you know, you, you, you see the rebellious streaks and, mm -hmm. and you see the self-sufficiency and you see the, um, you know, just the idea of I want to be my own person and I don't want to be told what to do anymore. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, um, I believe that, you know, the testing of their love is what eventually wins out train up mm -hmm. a child in the way he should go and when he gets old he won't depart from it mm -hmm. you see that the that the love of you know that stage where your your kids say um the opposite of everything you say right <laughs> and they think that you're the dumbest person on the planet mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they get to another stage where they they realize you were the smartest person on the planet and and now they're they're very thankful and yeah. and you know it's a stage yeah. that we usually and go through i think we both got lucky in that at least i, I you know i've met your kids mm -hmm. right what i what i'm about to say about mine i think probably happened with yours that that part didn't go too bad for us right. i've seen other parents where that part went really really south right mm. really bad and we got blessed lucky we did mm -hmm. a good job when they were kids i don't know what the answer is somehow or another mine didn't go really really badly mm -hmm. right it went really pretty good um mm -hmm. and uh but but there's that but there is that right there is that you know with you know in this in what we're talking about here with uh um well let me say one more thing yeah because this is what my coach always told me and he would say um, rules without relationship equal rebellion mm -hmm. and I believe that this is where most mm -hmm. parents fall short right 
And and if we look at the Bible, same thing, right? If we same just thing gotta, here. If we just got to follow the rules, yeah. like, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do that, you know, why am I doing all this? Because it's just a burden, right? right? It, it, it's rebellion, right. right? I'm tired of it. I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to get drunk. I'm going right. to call some hookers. I'm just going to... I'm just going to go because I'm tired of it, right? Um, I can't follow these rules anymore, mm-hmm. right? Rather than the, I'm doing this, but I'm doing it in a way that I'm putting the time in also to develop a relationship with Christ, with God. And that relationship then is paying benefits, right? And I think that's, you know, I saw that with our, I guess now that you mentioned it, that was, you know, we spent a, a ton of time in a car with our kids driving to and from hockey tournaments and practice and stuff like that. If you've you've ever played hockey, you know that it's a seven-month commitment to, you know, multiple, you know, four to five nights uh, a week and stuff like that. It's, 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 and for that reason, you almost never see bad hockey kids, Mm -hmm. right? Is because everybody is in the car, they're all with each other all the time, and you have to develop that relationship then because you're stuck with each other, right? Rather than the sort of, I just drop them off and I drive away and I come back and I pick them up and then I let the nanny take them over. And then, you know, you develop no relationship with your kids, right? And then you you see that usually those are the ones that sim, somehow seem to go the worst, I guess. But um, it, it's the same thing with God, right? I'm, I'm doing these things to free up my you know, if I, if you follow the rules, if you do the things God wants us to do, it frees up some of our time, and that time we, is the time we can spend to develop that relationship. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I just think that too. It, it's always going to come down to a choice in your life in sacrificing time, because you know the 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 devil is the king of distraction, and he will distract you in with tons of things that you will rationalize in your mind mm-hmm. are more important and you will fill up your plate and you won't sacrifice your time. And so again, it's it's a very important understanding of present yourself as a living sacrifice to me, God says. Okay, and the first thing that I need you to do is spend time with me. Yeah. And, and then everything else should flow from that. Mm-hmm. But we have this now going from, you know, a wise virgin to showing you how uh, it's a hidden works of the heart. It, it is her, her passion and desire. And then she comes into seeking wisdom. And then as a virgin, we look at some things about wives Mm-hmm. And so this um, this verse in Ephesians. So I want to throw out that while we're talking about time, we're at an hour. This would be a great place for us to transition from one episode to another, mm-hmm. uh, and then pick up on the this topic going forward in the next episode. Mm-hmm. So guys, we're going to wrap up on time. We. We know that you know you've just spent an hour with us. If you've made it this far, and we appreciate that, you are pressing in to your relationship with God by being a part of what we're doing. Um, you are diligently learning something that hopefully that you did not know before. We are exposing you to some stuff that uh, that He's asked us. We feel like uh, we really feel strongly that He's asked us to expose you to, and. Um, uh, if you agree, then we're, we're, we're going to see you back here on in the next episode. Uh, and we're going to press into the next layer of this. And um, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, uh, we'd appreciate it if you'd share it with others. We are void of funds to do advertising and to try to, you know, do anything other than God's will and and your word of mouth to get uh, to get our message out. So um, share this with your friends. Uh, give us you know ratings on your podcast or or YouTube or video app of, of choice so that others can find it. Um, and most of all, um, interact. You know, send us emails info at race to the kingdom.org. 
goes to both Keith and I, um, one of us will respond to you. Um, we do ask that you be respectful and we do ask that you base whatever your question is on scripture and, and faith and, and that it's done in a positive learning way, whether you're trying to teach us something or you're trying to learn something for yourself. So we're going to wrap this one up and then, um, and then we're going to see you on the next one. So say goodbye, Keith. Okay, guys. See you next time. All right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye.